Welcome to episode three of Ulcerative Colitis Autoimmune Healing Journey. I am so glad you're on this journey with me. My name is Jay India. I am your journey guide or your host. And I just want to remind everyone that I'm getting gory today and I'm going to be gory throughout this whole podcast, meaning I get graphic in talking about bowel movements and poo, and especially today, I'm really delving into it. So if you're eating, (laughs) you may want to listen to this later, or if you're just queasy about that, just so you know. And the reason I do this is I want to take away the stigma of IBDs and UC and Crohn's so we can openly talk about our poo because as my friend likes to say, our poo is our report card. It tells us what's going on in the body. So we should be able to not be embarrassed and openly talk about it. Also, this podcast is marked as explicit because I do swear every once in a while. All right. So episode one, I talked about my you know, general idea and introduced this podcast. Episode two was the first part of my UC flare, and remember, I'm using the word UC for ulcerative colitis. And this is part two of my UC flare. I'm getting into all the bathroom stuff today. All right, so from last episode, you guys know I was having all these symptoms that I kept pushing away. I was experiencing things like neuropathy and blepharitis, which is an eyelash parasite, sinus issues, migraines, and the inability to even take normal walks anymore. And I kept pushing all of that aside. So now we are to my bathroom habits. So if you remember from last episode, I was eating very healthfully. I was having the equivalent of a big gulp green smoothie every morning with 14 vegetables, but I was having major issues in the bathroom that again, I'm shaking my head at and I kept ignoring and I refused to listen. I mean, they screamed at me, these habits, and I just refused to listen. Six months before I had completed a major two-month Ayurvedic cleanse, and I want to get into Ayurveda more in other episodes because it's helped me so much, but Ayurveda is an ancient Indian health practice of mind, body, and soul. In Ayurveda, you eat the foods for your constitution or your body, mind, makeup, and they include spices and herbs as well as spiritual practices such as meditating, breath work, and yoga. After completing the cleanse, I felt amazing. The best I had in a long time, I had an amazing bowel movement, solid brown colored, formed in the shape of a bowel. You know that one that's just so good. It's like... (laughs) It's like that U-shape thing, or not U-shape, but bowel shape that just wraps around the entire toilet where you look at it and you're like, God damn, that was a good poo. And I was having it once a day after I woke up, so I was feeling great. I like to call these poos green hearts. And if it's a green heart day, it's a pretty goddamn great day. And I know that you know what I mean. And my husband and I talk about that all the time. We're like, was it a green heart? Is it a green heart day? Hey, I just had a green heart. (laughs) You know, so you can definitely take that and run with that. And I always wish you 
green heart days, but we're going to talk about the, unfortunately, not green heart days. So these green hearts deteriorated into what I call rabbit pellets or pellet poo. They are little pieces of poo that are uncomfortable to pass. And on some days, it was what I would call newborn poo or what resembles the white runny part of a raw egg yolk and other unprecedented shit, excuse the pun, reared their ugly heads. Okay, this one is my absolute favorite. Never in, at that point I was what, 43 years old? So never in 43 years on this earth had I horribly sharded. Yes, I'll admit it. I've sharded on occasion before this flare, but I mean, I could count the times I sharded on one hand in my entire life. And now I was sharding. And what is sharding? A shart is when you fart, but shit slides out too. And it happens usually in liquid form. As a double bonus, besides the sharding, which was happening a good amount. I mean, I would say a couple times a day. So we went from never ever to a couple times a day. I experienced, oh, this one's fun, uh, anal leakage. It was mucus laden and uh, it was shocking. I mean, I'm sitting there looking at the toilet and what comes out is these mucus plops and they were mucusy. They were sometimes really bloody and I had no idea what the hell was going on. And then as I was on the toilet, the sensation of these electric shocks in my bowel region just, I mean, like just in, ugh, were so painful in my intestinal area. I had no idea what was going on. So I want to talk about bowel peristalsis. You're going to hear this a lot if you're diagnosed with an IBD. For anyone who would like to look this up, it's spelled P. E-R-I-S-T-A-L-S-I-S, peristalsis. Bowel peristalsis is the rhythmic muscular contractions of the intestinal walls controlled by the nerves of the nervous system. And that's according to osmosis.org. And I love how they use the word rhythmic because a bowel peristalsis is basically the urge to poo, right? Mine lacked any sort of that usual rhythm. You guys know exactly what I'm talking about. You, you feel the urge to poo, it's normal, and you just go to the bathroom. Instead, my peristalsis uh, morphed into a combination of, whew, it's really hard to describe, I will do my best, intense muscle pressure, stabbing pain, and coursing adrenaline, or the start, I didn't know, of colon spasms. And it took me forever on the toilet to have a bowel movement. And I'm someone, when I'm healthy, I do not spend time in the bathroom. Like I'm not someone who likes to look at their phone or read books or listen to podcasts or whatever. I just go in there, I poo my brains out and I'm good and I'm done 30 seconds, not even, maybe 20 seconds later. So the fact it was taking me forever to have a bowel movement yeah, I know what you guys are thinking. And again, I'm, I'm going to keep saying I shake my head in this. I should have been going to a doctor. So then the anal bleeding arrived. Now, to be honest, okay, this one I have to give you a lot of background on. I'd been bleeding anally for a while. I visited 
the emergency room in spring 2019 with mysterious stomach pains. Of course, and I know you won't be shocked here because I know this is probably your story too. The doctors ran all the tests, parasites, E. coli, salmonella, bacteria, and whatever. And they said I was fine. You know, they had no idea why I was feeling this way. I had underwent a colonoscopy the day before. So we'll get back to that. But I first want to talk about what a colonoscopy is. Just in case you don't know, colonoscopy is an exam used to detect changes or abnormalities in the large intestine or colon and rectum. During a colonoscopy, a long flexible tube colonoscope is inserted into the rectum. A tiny video camera at the tip of the tube allows the doctor to view the inside of the entire colon. If necessary, polyps or other types of abnormal tissue can be removed through the scope during a colonoscopy. Tissue samples or biopsies can be taken during a colonoscopy as well. And that's from the mayoclinic.org. If you're asking this question, you're smart. Why did you go to the emergency room? Why didn't you wait for the colonoscopy results, right? Like it would have just been a couple more days because I was in that much pain. I mean, that much pain. Here's where I've learned my lesson on things. So before this all happened, I was not into Western medicine. I know I just said I did a colonoscopy and I was in the emergency room, but those were just uh, last resorts for me. I'm the herbal energy healing Ayurveda acupuncture girl. I am that, you know, people like to say woo-woo person. Uh, I have shaman circles at my house. I do all forms of energy healing. I have my Reiki attunements. It goes on and on. I'm really into the paranormal, the whole nine yards. I'm into the spirit guides and the starseed workshops and the meditations and the the whole thing. So I'm more of that alternative medicine type person. But the pain was that bad to drive me into that emergency room in 2019. And my poo looked really odd. I thought worms were coming out. And my husband just lost his mind. He was like, hell no, you need to get to the emergency room right now because if this is contagious, it's going to affect this whole household, you know, meaning dogs and husband and, you know, the whole thing. So I spent over 400 US dollars in the emergency room for the doctors to tell me nothing. Has this happened to you? I'm sure it has. And if it has, it's the most frustrating situation ever. 2020 hindsight, I am shocked that they don't look at these things. And okay, that's fine. You need to test me for all the E. coli and the bacteria and the whole thing. I get that. That's the right thing to do. But did you ever think about bringing up an IBD, you know, an inflammatory bowel disease? You, you've never thought to bring that up and say, hey, maybe you should go to your gastroenterologist. It may be this. It shocks me that they just say, nope. It's not any of these tests, so, you know, you're free to go, even though you're in horrendous, horrible pain. And they didn't give me anything for the pain, so I don't know. So when I received the colonoscopy results, which a col... Ugh, it's a hard word to say. A colorectal surgeon performed, not a gastroenterologist, which is very important to the story. 
He said I had proctitis or inflammation of the rectum. He did not know what caused it. Uh, though, you know, I just said, I'm the big all natural girl. I'd been taking two ibuprofen or Advil a day for mysterious stomach pains because I thought these stomach pains and cramps were just sore stomach muscles due to overstretching and some overexerting in yoga. The overuse of NICEDs or non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs such as ibuprofen, Advil for instance, or aspirin or naproxen sodium, Aleve for example, can cause proctitis. So yeah, that explained that. That was a good explanation. Let's go back to the colonoscopy. I had the colonoscopy because of the anal bleeding. So here's what my blood looked like. The blood was bright red on top of and sometimes mixed into my poo and the bleeding had not increased over time. So I deciphered that I didn't have colon cancer (laughs) because according to everything I read online, unless the bleeding was black in color uh, and completely mixed with your poo and has noticeably increased, I was fine. Let's keep going into this fun, fun trip down my colon. After seeing obvious internal hemorrhoids in an ultrasound twice, once when I spent time in Australia in 2017, In this time, in 2019, I decided to have the hemorrhoids banded a few weeks before the 2019 colonoscopy because I thought that's where the anal bleeding was coming from. Let me tell you something. If you do not have to get banding, do not get banding. It is horrendously painful. I would never do this again, and I would not wish this on my worst enemy. The colorectal surgeon reached up my butt and put a tiny rubber band around each hemorrhoid. It's an in-office procedure without anesthesia. And afterwards, seriously, fuck me. It hurt. Imagine you wrapped a rubber band around your hair too tight and it's now squeezing you for 12 hours. But take that pain and times it by 100 It's excruciating. And what else happens is you're squeezing everything in the area. So your bladder is affected too. I'm like, oh my God, what the hell is going on? Because my bladder was being pulled or the skin around my bladder. It was horrible, right? So it does subside by the next morning. I will tell you that. But a few hours after the banding procedure, I was calling the nurse uh, pretty much in tears who told me, oh, this is normal. This is normal, honey. Well, thanks for warning me ahead of time. And the banding didn't work. The bleeding stopped for a couple days and returned. That's when I greenlit the colonoscopy. So after being diagnosed in 2019 with the proctitis, I went on a 30-day course of mesolamine, which are anti-inflammatory suppositories or medicine. This liquid shot up my butthole every night for a month. And I have to say, and I know you guys have, I, I know, I have a feeling that you know what mesolamines are. You've had a lot of experience with them. It worked well. I do have to say that. I was having solid poos, feeling better until everything deteriorated again. In early 2021, I completed the Ayurveda cleanse under the guidance of Dr. John Duyard of lifespa.com. I will go back to that in another episode because there's so much to talk about. 
I was feeling better after that cleanse and then spring 2021 arrived and I was nose diving. So now we're back to spring, summer 2021 and I have sharding and pellet poos and anal bleeding and I'm spending incredible amounts of time in the bathroom. I am spending an insane amount of time trying to push a poo out I have neuropathy, migraines, sinus issues. I cannot exercise. And I'm still saying to myself, nothing's wrong. In my book, I say that I'm smiling as I type that. Now I'm, I feel like I'm in the energy of it a bit. And it makes me really sad to say that because I don't want any of you to go through what I went through. If you have any of these symptoms, please visit a doctor, please. I keep using the word deterioration and... <laughs> Ooh, that's a mild explanation for what occurred in July 2021. I had my first bout of colon spasms or spastic colon. I was like, what the fuck is this? To this day, I have never felt anything like it before. To be completely transparent, I don't have children and I've never given birth. Besides all the aforementioned bathroom issues, it began to hurt to poo and only a little bit was coming out. To me, a colon spasm feels like what I imagine the stabbing pain and pressure of childbirth is. And it's actually coming from the same general vicinity of the body. It is above and beyond any diarrhea cramps anyone will ever feel. And it brought me to my knees the spasms were the most memorable part of UC. They are just excruciating. They are life changing. If anyone has experienced a colon spasm or spastic colon, you know what I'm talking about. If you're going through that right now, I empathize with you. You will make it through. You really need to go see your doctor if you haven't done that yet. I didn't think this was going to be hard to talk about, but it's actually really difficult for me to talk about because I'm remembering how bad it was and how hard it was and how it changed my life because I stopped leaving the house. I couldn't leave the house. How could I drive, you know, 15 minutes if I was to go into a colon spasm? You know, it's, it's horrible. And for those of you who are listening to this, who are just UC supporters or allies and you just want more information or maybe your child has it and you don't have it, I want you to understand that the colon spasms are probably one of the most horrible things a person can go through. I want you to understand that. So if your person is someone who is having them but still getting things done or you know, still active, God bless them. And they, let me tell you something, they're really pushing themselves to do it. So please have empathy, please support them, and please allow them to rest. Give them that space to where they can rest and have the permission to rest. Even though they, they should have the permission, it's okay to say to someone, I see you're going through a really hard time. I can't imagine what that feels like. Please just rest. Just sit down, watch some TV, rest, do the best you can because it's that bad. If you are going through a colon spasm, rest and of course get yourself some help.
so again, we're back in that spring, summer 2021 flare. And I had now entered a new, frightening, humiliating stage that many UC patients speak of with great sadness. And I speak of it with great sadness right now. I couldn't leave the house. Rarely, rarely. And as the spasms progressed, they zapped my energy. It was now difficult to do anything. I rapidly lost more and more weight. And the time leading up to the full flare in August is hard to remember. I even asked my husband who couldn't recall much. It was just such a, it was such a mind fuck of a time that I think it all melded together. And it also means that I went down fast. I deteriorated at a rapid rate. Forget about leaving the house, you know, forget about leaving the bed. I had no desire to eat. And I'm someone who drinks water like a camel. I'm the person, that annoying person that always has a water bottle. And I couldn't drink. I couldn't even drink water. As the flare worsened, I couldn't even look at water. I couldn't even look at or smell food. I stopped eating and drinking. I swam in my clothes. Again, I'm a petite five foot one. I usually weigh around 100 pounds. In a few weeks, my weight had dropped to 80 pounds. My bones protruded. Later, when I could sit again, uh, my butt ached when I sat on hard surfaces. And the worst part was my image in the mirror was one of a concentration camp victim. And I say that with respect. I morphed into a walking skeleton. My thighs resembled sticks and my breath smelled like metallic death. It was a horrendous time in my life. And just talking about it, it's hard to talk about, which is taking me by surprise because I wrote a whole book, but this is really taking me by surprise. When you're raised in a society where you can always lose a few more pounds and then you finally get to a weight that's too thin, it is absolutely eye-opening. Because the one thing that the UC flare, I think a gift that was given to me was I stopped having that mindset altogether. And now I look at my body and I think, wow, I look great. Is it perfect? No. But I think, wow, I look great. Like my arms look good. My stomach looks good. My, you know, my thighs look good. I still, I actually want bigger muscles in my thighs at this stage I'm in and I'm having a lot of problems building up those quad muscles. Even though I do all the exercises, I do all the things. So now my mindset, and I want to talk about this more in another episode, but my mindset has really moved to more looking healthy and alive and having that glow. And I don't care if someone calls me thin anymore. And that used to be my big praise thing when someone's like, oh my God, you've lost a few pounds. And I was like, thank you so much. I don't care about any of that shit anymore. You know, it's just about being healthy for me. It upsets me to say this, but my mindset was, I'm going to figure this out. Yeah, I'm going to figure this out on my own. I don't need Western medicine. Doctors are morons. No way was I returning to an emergency room again to waste another $400 or more. I was going to figure it out. So that is uh, my UC flare part two. I want to go on to part three in the next episode. And you are going to hear about how bad the colon spasms got. 
and what brought me to a doctor finally, how I finally was able to get out of this terrible mindset and get myself to a doctor and improve my life. So I just want to say that I am here supporting you, especially if you're in a flare right now with my words and energy, please feel that. You can always DM me. My um, Instagram is two inches off the ground because I have five podcasts. <laughs> that goes with my other podcasts. And you know what? I forgot to mention, if you go on to two inches off the ground, you can see me at my thinnest. So I have pictures up there when I weighed 80 pounds and can see me in a towel and I show everyone how thin I am. So you can see my emaciated state. And then also you can email me at freespiritpodcasts at gmail.com. I want you to really absorb my words and my energy and know that you are on this healing journey. Even if you're in a bad state right now, I am supporting you. There are a community of people and we're going to find each other and we're going to support each other. And that is one of my hopes for this podcast. And I hope that every day is a green heart day.